0: Oh, good morning. We're in our second Sunday of Advent as we talk about the proclamations of the angels, which is peace, peace on earth among men. But before we get there, I got to share with you my my new favorite Christmas story. So true story um, comes from a a gentleman by the name of Larry Kunkel and his brother-in-law, Roy Collette. And it's reported, it was reported in the New York, New York Times a couple years ago and verified by Snopes, so we know it's real, right? We know it's real. And if you check it out on Google, you'll find it, so you know it's real, because everything on Google is true, right? Absolutely. So as the story goes, back in 1964, that great year that I was born, I'm excited about that, Larry's mother gave him a pair of moleskin pants. I guess it was the first version of leather pants, but moleskin pants. But living in Minnesota and having Minnesota winters, the moleskin pants would freeze, so Larry couldn't wear them. So what Larry did was he re-gifted the pants to his brother-in-law, Roy, that next Christmas. Thought that was a hilarious joke. Well, Roy, the next Christmas, re-gifted them back to Larry by wrapping the moleskin pants into a one-inch pipe that he had to get them out of. Well, the pants passed back and forth every year for some 25 Christmases. Um, And the joke went on that the packaging became more and more intense with each passing of the moleskin pants. At one time, Roy sent the pants to Larry in a 600-pound safe that he had welded shut. (laughs) (laughs) The next year, uh, Larry responded by sending the pants back in a three foot cube that had once been a 1974 Gremlin automobile with a note attached that said, The pants are in the glove box. <laughs> Roy later sent the pants back in an eight foot tire filled with 6,000 pounds of concrete and a note that said, Have a good year. <laughs> the tradition ended finally when Roy tried to have the pants encased in 10,000 pounds of jagged glass. But unfortunately, during the process of heating the glass up, some of the molten glass hit the moleskin pants that were 20-some years old and burned them up. So, quite a tradition for 25 years of passing the pants back and forth. You know, and I used that. I thought about that. I thought, you know, there are traditions that we do that sometimes we don't even remember why we did them. You know the old story about the Hatfields and McCoy? Mm -hmm. Nobody knows why they kept fighting. You know, there's the old story about uh, the family that had the... The, the ham pan that every year, you know, they would cut off the end of the, the ham and put it in a pan. And the daughter asked the mother why they did it. And the mother's like, well, I don't know, Grandma did it. And they went back and finally asked Grandma, and she's like, why did you do that, Grandma? She's like, well, the pan was too small, so we always cut the end of the ham off. But we have these traditions that sometimes we carry on. We don't even realize why we're doing them or we're not real sure why we do them. For example, Christy's got me putting up lights around my house, right? Where in the world did that tradition come from? Why do we put lights up around our house? Well, here's the funny thing, a little research. Some say it goes back to the Norse god Odin and his fondness for beer and the Yule Log, with the bright lights of the Yule Yule Log. How that transpires to lights, I don't know, but that's how it goes. Then there's a Christmas tree, right? Real Christian Christmas trees, right? You read about that all through the Bible stories, right, of Jesus being born? Well, that comes, some say, from old Roman mythology. Others say it came from the 16th century Germans, and others still say Martin Luther started the whole thing. Don't know, it's all a mess. But as we think about traditions this holiday season, we want to think about the why of why we do things. The angels made this first proclamation of, for unto you a savior has been born, right? A savior has been born, and the question is, have you ever stopped to think about why the angel said that? I mean, that's a great proclamation, right? A savior today in the city of David, a savior has been born for you. For you. But why? Why is that such a big deal? Well, we think about it as we read in Luke chapter 2 again, verse 13 and 14 it says, "A great company of the heavenly host appeared, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace" On earth on whom his favor rests that's the why of this Christmas story the angels announcement is peace on earth but for a specific group of people for those on whom God's favor rests so the angels declared peace on earth now we got to get this right because the peace wasn't about no more wars no more strife No more family arguments. I mean, we still have all that stuff pretty much intact, right? No more political debates. That wasn't the peace that the angel announced, was it? It wasn't the end of all evil and bad stuff in the world when Jesus came on the scene, but yet the, the angel announces this peace. So what kind of peace was it? Well, it was peace with the relationship with God, the forgiveness of sin, that if God's favor rests upon us, he removes that sin and we once again have peace with God. Well, why is that important? Because we know that we are born in the sin and that in that sin that Christ died for us while we were what? Still enemies of God, still enemies of God. And that's pretty amazing to think about that, that God would come to save an enemy. of makes the impact of the verse that says love your enemies a little bit more impactful isn't it because we were the enemies and while we were yet enemies of god christ died for us to bring us that peace that the angels announced we see an example of this in luke chapter 7 where we see um, the woman that in verse 37 says she had lived a sinful life And then we go on and we see her washing Jesus' feet with her her tears and her hair. And in verse 48 of Luke 7, Jesus tells her, Your sins are forgiven. And then in verse 50, he concludes with, Your faith has saved you. And these key words, Go in peace. Go in peace. And that's where we hit the glory to God in the highest. That we realize that when we come to salvation, God says, Your faith has saved you your sins are forgiven, now do what? Go in peace. We, in essence, have that same message to us that once we have that salvation, the call for us is to go forth in life in peace now. Again, there's still family arguments, there's still wars in the world, there's still all that going on, but we have peace with God, and so we can have that contentment that God promises us because we are no longer at war with the God who created us. That's a pretty cool thing. Um, In the Expositor's Bible, it talks about this whole thing in Luke 7 with the woman is this. It says, the Bible commentator says, Those on whom God's favor rests are little children, to whom God graciously reveals truth according to his good pleasure. And we see the example of that in Luke chapter 10, verse 21, if you're following with me, where Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed this wisdom of heaven to little children yes father for this is what you were pleased to do in essence that is we are god's little children his favor rests upon us we have the peace of god and he puts his favor there with us and reveals the ways of god to us and that's where we see that The ways of the bible are foolishness to those who don't believe because god's favor is not upon them they're not his little children and he has revealed that wisdom to them now we know that nearly every family when we get together for like the christmas season or thanksgiving or other things every family has that one special relative that's really a challenge to deal with right now you think about your families for a minute think about that if you can't figure out who that one special person in your family is that needs extra grace you know what that means it's, you. it's you're you probably that person right <laughs> so if your mind's wandering thinking who is that i can't place my finger on that person you're probably that person we have those individuals that we live with as god blesses us with restoration with him and that peace with god once again He calls us to go forward in that same peace and share that same peace with others. In fact, Matthew 5, 9 says this, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. There's that children of God theme again, right? God's revealed wisdom to them because his favor rests upon them, his peace is with them because they're restored with him, and he calls them his own. Now, here's the kicker for this morning as we hear the angels' announcements and try to apply this to our lives and dealing with those special people in our lives that we have such a challenge with, those in our families and the crazy world that's going on with us, is peacemaking is not the same as peacekeeping. Okay, Peacemaking is not the same as peacekeeping. Um, We think about that with Jesus coming back in with the harmony of the Gospels. Jesus didn't come back just to tolerate us right he came back to restore us we think about that in the fact that we didn't hear the angels proclaim and on earth tolerance for those God decided to endure with we don't hear that do we or we don't hear and on earth God put up with those for whom his favor rests we hear the words peace peace it's a sign of restoration it's a peacemaking where God literally deals with the sin issue that is in our lives when we go through this year as we talked about last week often this time of year is a challenge and stressful time of year for many people and many families because you get everybody together compacted in these small rooms and working with each other and there's always one person that tries to just push everybody's buttons right we've got that one special maybe four special people in our family trying to push the buttons and yet God calls us to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. What's the difference? Have you ever tried to be a peacekeeper? You don't keep the peace in the family and just kind of go along with everybody? And what happens? What's the long-term effect of that, even the short-term effect? Well, you find that you, in being a peacekeeper, are guaranteed some things. Do you know that? You're guaranteed stress. You're guaranteed guilt. And you're guaranteed dissatisfaction for the season right because you tried to keep the peace so you just went along with everything and the consequence is what not a pretty thing not only that you kind of foster that entitlement aspect in their lives don't you that they can get away with this because you're trying to keep the peace so you're allowing it to go on actually you're encouraging it by trying to keep the peace That's different than peacemaking. Peacekeeping is just trying to make sure that everybody just gets along, okay? Let's just do whatever we have to do just to everybody get along. You've been in all situations? Knowing you guys for a lot of years, I know that you have. Ken does it every Sunday with us, you know? Peacekeeping is different than peacemaking. Peacekeeping brings all the stress and anxiety because You know that's really not what you want in your heart. You're just placating those people to try and get them to get along. You're trying to satisfy everybody, right? And it just makes the season unbearable. Peacekeeping is totally different. Or peacemaking. Peacekeeping tries to appease, patch together and keep everyone satisfied and not disgruntled. Peacemaking deals with the underlying issue and brings healing and restoration. And that's the message of the angels to us, is that God just didn't tolerate us. God just didn't put up with us. God just didn't try to make everybody get along. In fact, we read those verses we've talked about so often that trials and tribulation will do what? They'll come. Even after salvation, they'll come. You see, God isn't trying to be a peace keeper. He knows there's still sin in the world. He knows we still struggle. He knows we still do those things we fall back into sin we we fail but what god does is deals with the root problem of what's in our life and that's the sin we think of the traditions in our season this year and why we do them and why the angels made the proclamation and we read this in james chapter 3 17 to 18 it says but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure then peace loving considerate submissive full of mercy and good fruit impartial and sincere peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness here's the point this season with our families and here's the challenge as christians we need to more be more peacemakers than peacekeepers and what does that mean that means sharing the gospel message of why christ really came is more important than looking forward to the gifts that we get, the decorations that we do, and all of that stuff. Now we do it because it makes us feel wonderful and it brings us into that emotional place of Christmas which is all good, right? But we know that when we're with family and others sometimes that's not there. So we realize in this making, not peacekeeping, that there are times we need to speak and there are also times that we need to what? Be silent. Because I've learned, and I'm still working on it, that, and you'll laugh at this hopefully, that just because I'm right, doesn't mean I'm righteous. Right? Just because I'm right doesn't mean sometimes I have the right to say something. Sometimes there's things better left than said, because you know there are those members of, the, of our family that just try and bait us, right? Have you had that? They kind of put that comment out there, and it's like a little fishing lure, You know, that if you're the fish, it's that shiny little bobble out there that makes you what? Just wanna bite onto that comment and address it. And they put that out there on purpose, why? So you'll bite into it, they get the conversation, the argument, the discussion going, and it gets heated and heated and heated. That's where God gives us that wisdom that sometimes we need to say the hard things. Other times, we need to make the hard choice to be silent and not bite into that lure that little bobble that comment that they make that they know just gets under our skin and pushes our buttons we need to have the wisdom and the feeling of the holy spirit to hold back from not saying those things peace makers make those hard decisions so we think about that this season of being a peacemaker instead of being a peace keeper that I've come to realize over the years especially with our family interactions and all the discussions about Jesus and the gospel that I've never argued a person into salvation have you? those arguments about is Jesus real? is he the son of God? is all that? why do you go to church? why do you tithe? why do you do all these things? I've never been able to argue a single person into salvation but through our lifetime Christy and I have loved people and the salvation and the coming of Jesus by sharing that unconditional love that God shared with us by speaking the truth by sharing with them that God loves them and has a plan for them that God came to save them just as well and that's tremendously important as we think about this season because you remember those people that are those ones in the family that just really stand out that's hard to deal with whether it's you or somebody else here's the reality Those people were created by God just like you and I were. They are precious in God's sight. That even though they are rude and arrogant and they try and stir up strife and cause dissension, that Christ came to die for them just as as much as he did for you and I. And God is patient and slow, waiting and hoping for them to do what? To come to salvation just like you and I did. So that gives us the big mindset about being a peacemaker instead of a peacekeeper. That, from God's point of view, God is slowly and patiently waiting for them to hear the gospel message and hopefully respond to it. So they're still going to be arrogant and rude, but God calls us to be those peacemakers, not have and carry the stress of being a peacekeeper. Luke chapter 2, verse 11 says this A savior has been born to you a savior has been born to you and what does a savior do it saves us from that very situation that we cannot save ourselves from and that's where God intervenes in our life so the season here is the challenge Corinthians ten five says this we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ and why is that important, in being a peacemaker? Because it causes us to think about the things that we think about. Does that sound weird? You ever have a family get together, you know you're gonna be with some family members and these things are gonna come up and your mind starts already racing and thinking about how you're gonna to respond to them this time and you're gonna convince them this time? Well, maybe we need to change our thinking and not go into that relationship, into that family gathering, planning just to win them over with the argument but rather to share with them the gospel message and to love them and hopefully they come to salvation we need to think things differently as we take things captive and make it obedient to christ hosea chapter 8 verse 7 old testament stuff says this sow the wind in your mind and you'll reap the whirlwind in your relationships talking about that wind that is Good or bad, I mean, if we sow storm winds in our mind when we get together, what do we what do we have? What do we reap? Whirlwinds of storms. If we sow winds of peace and calmness, like when God spoke to the prophet through the small, still voice of the wind, then we reap that peace as well. Our call this season from the angels is to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. When he was sixty-three, Alvin Strait got in a disagreement with his brother, Henry. Separated by 240 miles, the two never spoke again for 10 years after that argument. Sound familiar to some of your family get-togethers? 10 years of no speaking together. When he was 80 years old, Henry had a stroke. And when Alvin heard the news from another family member, he decided it was time to finally go and reunite with his brother before it became impossible for him to do so and his brother passed away. So at 73, Alvin set out to go see his brother Henry with the heart attack and restore the relationship before it was too late. But here's the problem. Alvin's sight at age 73 was too far gone for him to be able to get a driver's license. So Alvin, in his desire to be a peacemaker, loaded up a little trailer with gasoline, camping gear, and some food and he hooked the trailer up to the back of his riding lawnmower, and he set off to see Henry. True story, by the way. At a top speed of five miles an hour, it took Alvin Strait six weeks to go the 240 miles from Iowa to Wisconsin to make peace with his brother. Six weeks, five miles an hour on the riding lawnmower. A month later after they made peace, Henry recovered from a stroke And decided to move back to Iowa now that their family was restored to be closer to family fun story but it teaches us a couple things about what the angels are speaking to us one is this is you can't make anybody change right but you can be a peacemaker and tell them the truth and you can do what is necessary to be the peacemaker to them Think of Alvin and his 240 mile trek on his riding lawnmower, five miles an hour with his little trailer and camping tent behind him. His desire was to restore the relationship, not to convince his brother to change, not to throw it in his face, but to restore the relationship, no matter what it cost him to restore that relationship. This Christmas, what's important? is it important that when we're together we get our way have things done the way we want them done or is it important that we are speaking to others to make peace to bring restoration to show them that God loved us and since the love of God is in us that we love them and that sometimes sacrifice is okay to convince them that we want to have that peace in their life Luke 2.14 says that the peace on earth on those whom his favor rests are us. We are the ones that are called the little children of God as the angels made that announcement that God reveals that wisdom to us and gives us the Holy Spirit to keep our thoughts in control, to know when to speak, to know when to be silent, to be able to make the sacrifice, to love our enemies and those unlovable people, because we realize that god is waiting for them to come to salvation too and that's his heart's desire and he has instilled that message to come through us to come through us to them this season let us be peacemakers not peace keepers and bring that stress upon us not having to appease everybody but just having to please god Because in the end, isn't that really the most important thing? Is pleasing God over pleasing others? Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you this day that you have brought us to a place to come together to to be at peace with you, and because of that, to be at peace with each other. We pray that this season, we wouldn't get sidetracked by uh, the anxiety of the season that so many others um, go through the stress of having everything perfect, of making sure everybody gets along. But Lord, we pray for the wisdom to know when to speak and when to be silent and when to pray for those to come to salvation that don't know you and to pray for you to move and speak to us and give us that wisdom with how to share that message with them. Lord, help us to sacrifice whatever we have to as you did to bring others to salvation in you and to make peace with you just as you have blessed it with us. In Jesus' name, amen.